When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote. Think you can't get better value? Think again. 10% bigger dividends when you bet direct with Tote Plus at tote.co.uk. Welcome back to the show. Irish Derby weekend at the Curra. I'm very much looking forward to it and looking forward to it to previewing it with the, uh, the old team. Andrew Blair White, who's been distracted by most boring sport in the world cricket if you like cricket by the way it's obviously a great sport uh, but andrew has been commentating on that for the last while so andrew welcome back to the show my friend thank you very much Emmett. and i'd have to agree with everything you said there about it being boring but uh, it's good <laughs> to be back and uh, hopefully we might find a winner or two <laughs> commentating like do you just have to pump yourself full of beer to get through it uh, you got to have a few beers. Like Any sport with beers is better than a sport without beers. Yeah. Try commentating on poker sober for 14 hours a day. Then come back to me, and then, then you'll know all about it, <laughs> uh, particularly when you can't see the whole cards. Uh, also joining us is one of our international racing correspondents who firmly keeps her finger on the pulse of European racing because she is a native of Europe. Uh, Naomi Tucker is back on the Final Forum podcast. Welcome back, Naomi. Thanks. Always good to be talking about, you know, some top European class group action. Uh, yeah, I, I keep, I mean, you can't not watch, like I might be in the US, but Royal Ascot, any moment I get, I think, uh, what, the first three days I was at home, so I was dutifully watching. And then on my commute to work, I would listen to it on my phone. Just, you know, you, you got to follow it. It's that good, right? Yeah, you get suckered in. And, and look, this is what it's all yes. about. This is what it's all about. This is what we want. We want top class racing. We've just had Royal Ascot. Now we're about to have Irish Sharpie weekend. Although I think we are going to hammer some of these races as being awful. Uh, but aside from that, um, we yeah. are we are starting <laughs> strong. So we'll, uh, upbeat, upbeat, upbeat. Uh, don't forget when you're betting with Tote, you get 10% on top of your winnings with Tote Plus. Uh, that applies not just to the UK, but also to Ireland. So day of race betting, Tote Plus. They match the SP guaranteed to match the SP and will bump your winnings by 10% uh, with Tote Plus. So tote.co.uk, tote.ie, or the official Tote app. Whatever takes your preference. Just make sure it's not betting with an affiliate because you ain't getting any of those advantages with an affiliate side. Uh, so we'll talk about the juveniles first of all. And this is the 305, the six furlong gain railway stakes group two, famous race. Pop quiz, hot shots. How many times has Aiden O'Brien won this race in the last decade last 10 years andrew blair white naomi go now six I don't even want to try. i'm gonna go five then you're both wrong two no. oh what oh we grossly overestimated yep. that yeah now there wasn't there wasn't thrown us under the bus completely yeah thanks for that completely Emma. you're welcome you are both very welcome uh there was a time where aiden o'brien took this race really seriously and um, for some reason in the last couple of years, in fact, even the last two to win it was Van Beethoven oof, and Painted Cliffs. Mm. Oh, dear. 
it's not exactly Ballydoyle gold having won this race in the last decade and I think it's probably Royal Ascot and a number of other factors that have um, resulted in this but he has a number of entries but more importantly there are two horses entered in here that are very high profile that have changed ownership since uh, their last round one is Maceto now Maceto did go to Royal Ascot carrying new colours for Donico O'Brien, Justin Carthy got out. Well done, Justin. I'm sure you made an absolute fortune. Uh, but more importantly, Castle Star has been sold. So Castle Star um, has looked the star juvenile, pardon the pun, with the exception of Point Lonsdale in Ireland, and uh, was owned by Mrs. Gaffney, Mrs. O'Loughlin, and uh, Mrs. Murphy up until Craig Bennett came in with uh, Anthony Beck, for a massive bid, I'm assuming, because it's not public knowledge, but uh, he will carry new colours, and he's 11-4. Um, Dr. Zemp for Gerlines, who did win this race with Siskin not so long back and was an impressive winner on debut at the Curra. Um, he's joint favourite, essentially, and I can't help but get away with the feeling, or from the feeling, uh, Andrew, if I could use my mouth words correctly, that's four minutes and 44 seconds for me to say that, uh, that Castle Star is a horse that I was expecting to see is five to four here. And yet, because an impressive Geraldine's horse has come out, we're actually getting an inflated price. Is that a, an overreaction, or is this horse one for the lucky 63 for the weekend? Uh, yeah, I can see your angle. Um, I can see your point. I reckon these two at the top of the market are the two best juveniles in Ireland by a long way. Um, actually, I thought that the Irish juveniles over in Royal Ascot were dismal. Uh, the point, point Lonsdale is, is not too bad, but you know, I don't think that any of the other two-year-old cults, I think these two will absolutely eat up the likes of Maceto, Cadamosto and stuff like that. I don't, I don't fancy them whatsoever. Dr. Zemph, the former elliptic, looks very strong. Yep. Uh, elliptic had beaten Quick Susie. She was obviously a very good winner for Gavin Cromwell over in the Queen Mary uh, over five furlongs. I thought he did it superbly. And you have to bear in mind that Ger Lyons was never going to bring a horse like this over to Royal Ascot. It's just not his way of uh, going about things. He likes to target this race. He's won two of the last five renewals of it. And then it, usually this horse, this type of horse, if he goes and wins this, will go on and try and win the Phoenix Stakes like Siskin did. Castle Star, I absolutely love him as well. I'd love Fuzzy Stack to have, for this horse to be as good as he's looked the last couple of times. I'd be a little bit more dubious on good ground. Is he going to be quite as effective? He was absolutely superb the last day, but that was on soft to heavy ground. It's going to be a bit better than that. Um, I do I do agree with you, Emmett. I do think Castle Star should be outright favoured. I think he should be in and around the two to one mark, maybe not in between where he is now and where you think he should be, probably. Mm. Uh, but I, I think this Dr. Zemph could be a cut above, actually. And I, I'd take him to maybe beat Castle Star. And I think the two of them are better than the rest of this field by quite a bit. Dramatic twist. At the end there, because I thought, oh, great, we're on the same page. And then all of a sudden he goes, now I'm going to side with the 420,000 guineas uh, yearling purchase um, by Dark Angel for Gerlines. So, uh, Naomi, what about you? Um, Dr. Zemp, Castle Star, they had the betting. And then we've got some horses who went to Royal Ascot, including uh, the Acropolis, who is entered here. The rumor has it that the Acropolis is the best of Aidan O'Brien's juveniles, in which case I'm willing to forgive him that run. 
Ryan Moore is going to be on Cadamasto, and Frankie DeTori is going to be on the Acropolis. That's, yeah, ca- that's, ca- that's what that's what I have on on if I look at the racing post as well that Ryan Moore is on Cadamosto and Frankie Dettori on the Acropolis. Now, I, I mean I'm as surprised as you listening to Andrew because quite honestly I, I disagree. I'm going against Castle Star. Um, I'm wondering if the ground's going to suit him. If the ground's going to get good, good to firm, I'm not. Like all his best performances have come on soft to yielding ground, so I, I'm going to take my chance. Not taking him uh, you know quite effective i do love dr zemp he's so unexposed still he really you know how colin Keane rode him he knew he was on a nice horse like he just kind of sat there let him take him there and then produced him and i thought that that made me think okay there's so much left in the tank here still but I actually really liked Gobert's goal. I know, yeah, the Royal Ascot form. He led on the far side group in the Norfolk. He did all the work. Now, we know from throughout that week that the near side, the stand side, is where everyone wanted to be. It seemed to be, you know, a a highway, a, a path that the horses can accelerate better, that they can get more grip on. Gobert's goal kept on finding, and if he would have been on the near side, he would have won the Norfolk. It wouldn't have been perfect power. So I'm I like Go Bears Go, especially if you can get somewhat of a price. I think I've got him at nine to two best price uh, at present. Only two start two year olds, still plenty as well to to you know to continue on. Now I liked Kadamosa, especially knowing that Ryan Moore is is taking the ride again. Ryan Moore has been on him in his last two start. He was still a very much like an unfinished package in the Norfolk. He was hard written from the get-go by Ryan to stay close. He didn't, you know, he got away well enough, but he wasn't professional yet in the Norfolk. He was pushed along. Yeah. He was niggled the entire way. And to me, if you're looking at a horse that just hasn't gotten there yet, they go on from that. Like once they develop more and are allowed to actually relax a bit more during the race, you can see much better performances. Now he was also on that far side group. We figured out the stand side was better. I think he, you know, he can continue to improve, but you know, interesting angle by Andrew that he's like, no, I'm not taking any of the Irish horses that ran at Royal Asco because I'm kind of tempted to do so, especially because both uh, Cadamasto and Go Bears Go were uh, on the part of the Royal Ascot track that nobody really wanted it to be and what we've seen throughout the week. So I'm taking a chance with it. Do massively respect Dr. Zemp, though. Really, really looking forward to see what he can do. I'm going to pull a 180 here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I still think Castle Star is the one to beat. I, I think he's the one to beat. I respect both of your views. I wasn't expecting Go, Bear, Go Bears Go, to be completely honest about it. Um, completely respect your take, though, Naomi. I respect Dr. Zemp. I'm drawn, to be completely honest about it, to the Acropolis with Frankie Dettori on board. I think it's very, very interesting that he was only beaten five lengths by Berkshire Shadow, as I get the pronunciation correct. Um, thank you very much uh, to Lucy Russell Hughes and to Kate Tracy. Um Berkshire Shadow, despite the fact that it's spelt with an E. Yeah, all right, whatever. Um, as as they said, hey, don't talk to us. The Irish language is like ridiculous. Um, the Acropolis was beaten on debut. He badly needed the run. He then bolted up at Listol, and I think he just lacked a little something at, at Royal Ascot. And Frankie on board, 
and 14 to 1 in this field bit too big for me so i i kind of can't say no to to him now i did say in the review that catamasto was the horse i'd take out of perfect powers race and that he would be the one going forward but so i can completely see why ryan's on board but at 14 to 1 i just think the acropolis is too big a price so i i'll keep the faith in the acropolis and frankie dettori to ride yet another winner um for Aiden o'brien but it's uh dr zempf go bears go and the acropolis are you confused you shouldn't be. Uh, and you can always do a TriCast as well. And be in the gravy. Uh, right, feature race of the day. The Dubai Duty Free Irish Derby Group 1. High definition was 4 to 5. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You must hate money. I'm sorry. Like I'm not saying the high definition cannot be a good horse. 4 to 5 for the Irish Derby? Get out of it. Uh, Mojo Star for Richard Hannon. I'm interviewing R- Richard Hannon for TalkSport 2 tomorrow, which will be Friday if you want to hear that. Um, when I'm on, I think it's Dan I'm on with tomorrow. So I'll um I'll get as I'll squeeze as much out of Hannon as I possibly can about the Derby runner-up, who remarkably remains a maiden and is four to one. Uh, high definition ranges from fifteen to eight top price to thirteen to eight. So that four to five is gone, and Ryan Moore is on board. Uh, Hurricane Lane is your eleven to two third favorite. Then Max Sweeney, ugh, what an insult! Eight to one. Lone Eagle with Frankie on board, also 8-1. to one, And Van Gogh is coming for a bit of support with Colin Keane, interestingly enough, taking the ride. Uh, 14s, last time we saw him was in the French Derby. Uh, Andrew, I'll let you take the lead again. Um, high definition, is he up to the hype? Well, I, I just don't understand this market, Emmett. Um, I really don't. I, I Look, high definition... You'd assume he'll have improved plenty for the Dante. He was an excellent as a two-year-old last year. But even you look at that two-year-old form, that monosib of Kevin Prendergast, who he just did on the line in the Beresford, you thought he was going to be an excellent, maybe Guineas contender this year. He hasn't turned into much. Snapper Terry has turned out to be an okay, you know, kind of group three listed horse. You know, you can pick holes in that sort of form. And then I thought he was... You know, he ran a grand race at York, but people seem to have this um, kind of epiphany moment that he's going to improve a stone for that performance, which he's not. Like, he might improve a couple of pounds. I can't see why he's as short as he is. Um, I I just think that this market is a complete and utter myth, to be honest. I I just don't understand it. I don't understand how I'm getting potentially an each-way price about Hurricane Lane. I just don't get it at 11 to 2. I thought uh, he's done everything right in his career so far. He's three for three going into the Derby, ran a sound race in the Derby. I thought he's ended up finishing behind Moho Star, who's been ridden to pick up pieces, I think. You know, big outsider in the Derby, goes in there as a maiden. You're, You're riding him for luck. You're riding him to come home well. He's probably done Hurricane Lane a little bit for being ridden to place rather than Hurricane Lane really trying to win the race. I don't think Hurricane Lane appreciated Epsom as well. Uh, He was on and off the bridle almost all the way as well. I think back to a more conventional track uh, will suit him well. He's a dogged horse. He likes, he seems to relish this trip. He puts his head down. He loves winning races and he's beaten um, high definition two and a half lengths at York. And 
high definition is going to have to be some horse to reverse that form because I think Hurricane Lane has come forward from where he was at York uh, to the race he ran at Epsom and I think he could go forward again from that as well uh, so the fact that he's 11 to 2 and high definition is 15 to 8 is one of life's mysteries that I won't be able to unfortunately uh, I won't be able to get my head around What do you make of Max Sweeney? I, I'm getting to the conclusion Emmett that he really does need soft ground um, I was keen on him at Epsom. I thought he ran a good race. Look again, as you said, like I think he shouldn't be the price he is. Um, how how is he eight to one in comparison to some of these horses? At least you know he's a Group One winner. Like he's the same price as this lone eagle. And God Almighty, if I had a penny for every time a Martin Mead horse was overhyped and didn't deliver, I'd be a very rich man. So evidence, like, anybody? Evidence. <laughs> <laughs> but this is it like and, and then there was that horse technician that they thought would constantly beat Stradivarius oh, he's geez. still running around Ascot like Max <laughs> Max Finney shouldn't be the same price as Lone Eagle that's just facts um, so her, I do think he'd want it softer than it is to, to be a proper win proposition I think Hurricane Lane's a more versatile proposition than Max Finney uh, but I wouldn't. It wouldn't be surprising. Obviously, the way Jim Bulger's horses have ran all year, you wouldn't be surprised if Max Winnie was suddenly to turn up and run a huge race. It's the confidence that he had. Like he he went on record and said, "I think I could have won the Guineas with either Poetic Flair or Max Winnie. and he decided that Max Winnie was the Derby horse. And Poetic Flair probably wins the Irish Two Thousand Guineas if he doesn't jink left towards the end, which was would still be a massive run for Max Sweeney. Um, and I'm just willing to forgive Max Sweeney the run in, in the Derby because Epsom's a dog track. Like, if if you were planning out the Derby now, if you were structuring out where are we going to run the Derby, you would not run it at Epsom. With all those undulations and contours, and you just wouldn't. That's not where you'd go. Um you know, look at Parry Longchamp, look at the Curra, look at Ascot, look at Newmarket has a dip and it has undulations, yes, but it's a straight mile. It's not this winding bends and it's it's nuts. And it's kind of really weird when you're up at the top of the hill around the final turn and you're looking down towards where the racing TV cameras are. Uh, and looking down at the finish line, you're like, how the hell do you balance yourself coming down here? So I'm willing to forgive him that. And um, I think you're probably right about soft ground. Uh, it has weather check. It is lashing rain 40 minutes from the car right now. Um, it's lashing rain where you are, Andrew. And um, it's they've changed the going from good to firm to good. So it's probably going to be good, good to yielding. So you might get away with it. But at the prices, again, it comes to a price thing. And with Jim Bulger's season so far, I think I would favor him. Um, There's a small part of me that wants to go Van Gogh, but I think I need to give up on that project. Uh, That being said, he's an American bred uh, by the Grand Slam winner, American Pharaoh. So Naomi Tucker, in you come. Who wins the Irish Derby? (laughs) Well, so I, I actually, I'm, I'm going to agree with Andrew. We completely disagreed in, in the previous race, uh, but I, I love Hurricane Lane in, in this. I thought wow. his Dante effort was really, really strong. And then in the Derby, I thought he did everything right. But apparently, 
and of course we didn't know this until afterwards i certainly wasn't aware of this he lost both front shoes yeah and he was just behind the pace and he still he kind of switched his leads late now that's such an american thing that i'm starting to apply here now you're looking at these horses sometimes if they you know switch leads a little bit later that means that they can't really they don't always accelerate as much until they get on that fresh lead now that's a bit of a disputed concept back in europe some horses are very comfortable on one leg and they just keep on finding on it that's fine but i could tell to me it looked like you could probably now with that hindsight benefit of hindsight looking back at the derby run you can see hurricane lane wasn't as comfortable in the final stages i think that he can continue to come on from that i think hurricane lane is to me a solid horse to take for top position i agree with andrew that to me high definition well, he's not gone, you know, he hasn't gone this distance yet. He has got siblings that won over the distance, as you would expect. Of course, he's by Galileo out of Palace. He was mid-pack all the way, you know, at York last time out in, in that Dante race. And really had to work to gain that third position. One of my first notes was he has to improve. That's not good enough to win this. So I, I wouldn't mind trying to go against him. Now, I know we know Ryan Moore is on him and that sways the betting public generally towards that runner in the O'Brien stable. That just tends to be what happens. I'll happily take that. I, I don't mind um, trying to get, you know, go op like oppose him and go, you know, with a horse like Hurricane Lane. Now, I do like what, Andrew was saying about Mac Sweeney as well. I thought interesting discussion you guys had about Epsom not suiting him. Now, I actually was wondering, of course, we know Mac Sweeney, you know, did well two starts ago, but does he really want to go the mile and four furlongs, the mile and a half? Like maybe that's just me, but like I I know he's trained by Bolger. I know that he can probably make any horse stay any distance, to be quite You'd honest. You'd be very like careful now about my neighbor. All right. You'd be very careful about <laughs> no, you saying this. He's that good. Like yeah. Jim Bolger is that good. Like he can make any horse do anything, it seems. Like honestly, that's the amount. Like it it's but I I'm I'm just here with Hurricane Lane, who's already proven to me that he can stay the distance, even despite losing his front shoes and clearly being uncomfortable. You know, you had a, a runaway winner at a big price and then indeed the same horse, a Mojo Star, coming back here. I agree with Andrew. It seemed like he might have just been ridden for pacing because he massively outran his odds chasing a, a dire home. That was a confident move. I think it speaks to the volume of Richard Hannon that he says, hey, this horse has improved that significantly. We're going to keep him in in the irish derby i would do the same to be to be qu quite honest am i gonna go with mojo star no i i think i've, I've kind of made my case uh, for, for my uh, top contender here but yeah van gogh oh my god american pharaoh right they've been pretty decent on the turf american pharaoh's kind of delivered on on the premises of us hoping he'll be a superstar at stud i mean the amount of money that have, uh, have been paid for, for Coomer to have him. You want that to happen, right? Isn't that like, yep. you'd be upset if it didn't happen. Do I think he is good enough to win this? Hmm. Yeah. Having, would I say he's good enough to, to pick up place money and you know, run second or third? Absolutely. I'm not going to sit on him for the win in him, but I've got to go for with a horse by American Pharaoh, who, who I think is, you know, one of the big revival horses of American horse racing anyway. So, so you give him a place chance, but not necessarily Colin no. Keane crossing no. the line, blowing kisses mm. to the fake crowd. As much as I, I love Colin Keane, and I think he's, you know, a terrific rider. 
I, uh, it's just, yeah, I think he's got a shot. Would I pick him on top? No, I'd see, I just need to see a tiny bit more from him. I think her and Lane, as Andrew highlighted, to me has done nothing wrong yet and continues to to progress. So I'm, I'm going to be uh, on his, uh, on his, uh, what do you say that guys? Gravy train on the gravy train. On with the gravy train, baby. I'm, yeah, I'm, that is where I'm going. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to hit you with, um, some shocking news. It's Max Sweeney. That? It's Max Sweeney and Hurricane Lane for me. Oh. Um, not necessarily dutching them. I I would back Max Sweeney to win it, and I'd do a reverse forecast box exacta with um, Hurricane Lane, uh, and maybe Van Gogh to be third. Maybe Van. Wait, Gogh. you think Max Sweeney that the mile and a half is really where he wants to go? Yeah. Because I just wonder. I I just seem he seemed he seemed better. Just a, a, a touch shorter to me. I think a mile four the Curra will be fine for him. And I think a mile four in time will be fine for him as well. I trust Bulger. Right. Bulger knows what he's doing. No, that's what I was saying. Like, you do have a, an incredible trainer in mm. your corner. So, like, yeah. So, no, Amos, I've, I've two questions for you, Amos. Go. Um, just putting it back to you. First of all, how many more defeats for Van Gogh before you get off the train? <laughs> And 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 second of all, <laughs> what would have to like? I don't understand what would actually have to happen before I see Colin Keane blowing kisses to the crowd. <laughs> I don't think there's any man more unlikely in Ireland to blow kisses. Um, I think if you have the adrenaline rush of having won the Derby, you could do anything. You could do absolutely anything. I reckon anything. we may well just see a small pat on the neck. Yeah, for Colin Keane, for, for those who don't know, just has ice in his veins. Not just on the track, but off it as well. He's just like, yeah, another day at the office. Oh, yeah, took that group on. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, champion jockey. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and it is very interesting that Frankie Dettori is coming over and would have been on to Aiden, but yet it's Colin Keane who's getting the ride and Frankie has been teaming up with Aiden considerably this year. So, um, yeah, perhaps he won't be blowing kisses. Frankie would be blowing kisses to the crowd if they were to swap. Uh, as for when do I get off the Van Gogh express? (sighs) It's cost me this much so far, baby. We got to keep on going. It's like Bitcoin. Just keep on investing. Eventually it'll pay off. Eventually we'll get the money back. Oh god, I don't know. I was I was amazed that he was crushed in price from twenties to twelves. I couldn't believe it. Because I was hovering over him going, Yeah, I think I'll back you, chair. I think I'll back and then didn't, and then he went twelves. I was like, No No, no, no. Um Also it's fantastic on, on a Serious note, it is fantastic to see that three of the top five in the betting are UK runners. So nice to see the British back. And uh, hopefully that is something that will continue and continue for many years to come. Um, And uh, they've got serious chances. I don't really buy into Mojo Star. Sorry, Richard Hannon. I wonder will he have heard this by the time the show goes out? Probably not. Uh, I don't really buy into him. And I completely agree with um, Andrew's assessment. But I very much buy into Hurricane Lane and I buy into Max Sweeney. And uh, if I had any shares in high definition, I would sell them immediately. Uh, he might be a good horse next year, but not this year. Uh, the 420 is the ARM Holding International Stakes. Wow. 
What a great race. I mean, this is this is some stunning stuff. Uh, the only horse we need to talk about here, really, Andrew, is Cadillac. Yeah. Um, if he returns to what he, what he did as a two-year-old, I think he has the winning of this race. It doesn't look the strongest race of all time. Uh, a couple of these would have bigger targets down the line would have to think Dawn Patrol wants to go back up and trip. Njord needs to go back down and trip. Thunder Kiss has been pretty good this year. Um, maybe needs a mile and a half. True Self probably needs a little bit further as well. So uh, you think it's it's crying open for Cadillac. Will I back him? Probably not. Uh, just because Jesse's horses this year, an awful lot of them have seemingly needed a first run. So second year uh, in a row. Yeah, exactly. So maybe it's just something to. I, I'm I'm probably going to just see it uh, and watch it from afar. And I, I hope Cadillac wins. He was a horse I really really liked last year, mm. and his performance at Leopardstown. You don't usually win that Champions Juvenile race by three or four lengths or whatever it was, and not be a really smart horse. So I think it's I think he is a very, very good horse. I hope he turns into as good a horse as he looked like he might do last year. Uh, but I'll probably be given us given the race in general a wide berth on Saturday. Yeah, no, I, I kind of agree with you. I might I might take a slight interest in Lockturk if he's a big price. Just because there's been a number of Aiden O'Brien horses that have bounced back in this race over the years, like Flying the Flag, Mekong River, um, Sir Isaac Newton, Japan's brother, and for that matter, Mogul's brother as well, Johannes Vermeer, Yucatan. Remember the aspirations we had for Yucatan winning the Derby? Jesus Christ. Um, but he'd need to be a price. He'd need to be a big price. And I'm not talking 5-1. to one. He'd need to be more than that. And he's written by Shami Heffernan. Um, I think you're interested in Cadillac as well uh, from our... our pre-recording chat Naomi I mean, a, a little bit I, I don't have him on top in here but I have him in second I just remember him coming over for the British Cup Juvenile Turf and I was thinking he could very much like run up to form if you look back uh, in at Leperstown in that group two the Champions Juvenile say he, th- he trashed your horse uh, group one criterion winner Van Gogh he accelerated on the turn whilst being close to the pace like that was an incredible performance on the 12th of September. And then the Darty Dewhurst, I remember uh, Jessica Harrington looking back thinking she shouldn't have run because just the ground wasn't to, to suit like that. It was just a little bit too soft for him. But she was saying, you know, you're over there. You want to get a run in. He ended up in between horses. He got tired. He was crowded, just a little bit stuck. That wasn't his race. And then at Keenan, he ran, he ran okay, you know, he kept on finding, kept on trying, just, you know, couldn't really get towards the winner that day. And he hasn't been seen since. So you kind of go, okay, how are we doing? Like, is he going to progress and and move on and and fill out to become, you know, a a successful three-year-old to back up the talent he showed as a juvenile? I do think in terms of his frame, that he can definitely do with a little bit of time off. And I, so I think it's actually might be beneficial to him. Now I am missing, you know, like the workout reports we get in Europe, in, oh. in the US. Like, how is this horse doing? Do, do we know how he's working at home? I'm afraid don't have uh, Jessica Harrington on speed dial. Can't just drop her a text and be like, hey, how's uh, how's Cadillac fair? And like, how's he going? You know, She'd I'd, probably I'd like hang up on you. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was pretty friendly at the Breeders' Cup when I was asking her questions, but that's just because I was standing in front of her. So, you know, you can't really dodge me. No, like, look, I, if he shows that same tenacity and talent he showed as a two-year-old, this isn't a tough field. Like, I'm sorry, but I think he should be able to do well. Now, is he ready for that first run of the season? He's been away for a long time. I mean, it's June now. That was in November. So he clearly needed the time, I think, from a from a physical perspective, that seems about accurate. But still, you're kind of grasping at straws in terms of how he's faring. So I ended up having a little bit of interest in um, a filly in here, uh, the number five, Thunder Kiss. I, I, just, I just thought she was really interesting. In that last race, the Munster Oaks, that was the 9th of June. So she's, you know, she's been running uh, already three three times, I do believe, this year. And I, I watched that race back, just wanted to kind of see that, you know, she she probably does have to continue that improvement. But I thought, you know, she showed something there. She was in hand. She still had many lengths to make up. And she just kind of cruised past the field like it wasn't anything and then just dug in incredibly gamely. And I thought that if I look at the way she's been campaigned by Jura Lions, is that it's been a campaign of patience. You know, a lengthy break over the winter, Three, yeah, three seasonal races under her belt. She keeps up on kind of growing into herself. And even what I just watched, she has, you know, she has a little bit of talent. So I, I, I like her in this spot. Maybe a price for you guys? Uh, no prices available, but she probably... What do you reckon, Andrew? I don't know how much, like, she would take in here, to be honest. She is going up against a fair few of the boys here. Yeah, well, you, wait, 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 breaking prices, breaking right? prices. William Hill have issued prices, nines. That's okay. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, that'll be fair enough. That'll be reasonable enough. I think that's a good shout. That's an interesting shout. Um, look, we'll we'll move on uh, to the 450. So, uh, <laughs> the Dubai GD-free celebration listed stakes. Uh, I got one. Cinewan. Um Look, McAlford was at pains to make it very clear that this horse needed the run on his comeback. So I actually thought he ran very well behind Magnanimous. Uh, for some reason, he was still sent off favorite. He's an improving horse. He's very progressive. And um, carrying 10 stone too, I fancy him to go and carry that over the winning line. So uh, Andrew Blair White, follow that, son. Yeah, well, I'll follow you in, son, because uh, that would be probably my best bet of the day. Yeah! Uh, I can't see how I, don't, I can't see how he gets boot. Good thing, absolutely. I have nothing thing. to add here, lads. I'm on the number two as well. What is this? Hey! <laughs> was the one horse in this race I, I had interest in. Second run of the year, only. You know, that was a nice run. Uh, was it the the boomerang mile two starts back? I just think that. He's gonna come on. Yeah, yeah. He will. He will come on, and he will crush his rivals. Um, and it's a good race. It's a. It's a decent enough race. Um, your Khartoum is gonna come over from the Jersey Stakes. He's declared, and Ryan Moore's on board. Uh, I'm sure people will want to stick with him, but he's the one to be on. He's definitely the one to be on. Cinema, and um, I think he could. He could be set for a big season. Uh, the final race then that we're going to discuss is the 5.25. You can take a break, Naomi, because it's a handicap. The Dubai GD Free <laughs> handicap, premier handicap. Uh, solve this one for us, Andrew Blair White. Yeah, uh, 
Um, I don't know what sort of price I'm going to get because I don't I don't think I've seen prices uh, with any bookie, unfortunately, no. for this race. Um, I would say he will be near enough the top of the betting, but hopefully still not a bad price. Uh, Halle Bop for Ger Lyons and Colin Keane. This horse is very well in, I reckon. Did it very easy at Cork. Uh, on reappearance, won a handicap there by two lengths with Sam Ewing on board. Has actually gone up well in the weights, but because he's a three-year-old, he's getting a big weight for age allowance in this race. I think there's plenty of exposed horses in here, and he's an improver. And he's just three years old, off a mark of 94, but in effect running off the same weight as horses rating, rated 84, um, which I think is just a tip in itself. Colin Keane picks him uh, over Bucky Larson, who wouldn't be without a chance himself um, for Ger Lyons also. So I think this Halle Bop, I think he's a massive improver. He's well in at the weights, and I'd be very surprised if he wasn't bang there. Do you know who Bucky Larson is? Uh, I don't, know. The Winter Soldier. Captain America's right-hand man, who then becomes the Winter Soldier in the MCU. Oh, finally, an excuse to talk about the MCU based on <laughs> racing, based on equine talent. Uh, I will rein in, or rein in, uh, what the hell am I saying? Um, I will go for Sarah Lynham's Jayush. Uh, I think this time Jayush gets the ground that he wants. Um, she's booked Shane Cross, and uh, apparently the horse is in good form. It's a fantastic story. Uh, she's performed wonders with this horse on the all-weather, um, winning three on the bounce. Needed the run at Leopardstown. Um, I think probably needed it the last day as well, and I would, I'd be reasonably confident. But the great story about this is that the horse was bought for 300000 and she got him for thirty k. So I think it was Derek O'Connor. Um who um, who sourced him for so it'd be a great story for a uh, friend of the show Sarah Lynham who will be back on with us very very soon uh, that is day one at the Curra done and dusted and if we haven't convinced you by now about Top Plus just give me a second and I'll try and convince you even more um, at Royal Ascot the Whirlpool and you heard Peter Fornital who had no skin in the game he just came in and went this Whirlpool Game changer. Absolute game changer. Tote beat the SP at Royal Ascot on 21 of the 35 winners. The results between exactas and computer straight forecasts, between tri tricasts and trifectas, were embarrassing. The tote crushed almost every single time. They're not going to do it every time, but 90% of the time they did. And um, they're on a mission to provide, especially Final Furlong podcast listeners, because, you know, you're the best, uh, with extra gravy. So if you're betting direct with Tote, whether it's tote.ie, tote.co.uk, or the official Tote app, you're getting a 10% boost on top of all your winnings. Plus, they will guarantee to match the SP. So if you're afraid that the SP is going to be under for some reason, you don't need to worry about that. They'll match the SP and will give you a 10% boost to whatever your winnings are, whether that's a win bet, place bet, exacta, trifecta, uh, place pots, quad pots. You want to do the Quinella? Game on. In you go. 
But the only way you're getting this is direct from Tote. So bet with tote.ie, tote.co.uk, and your official Tote app, and you get the SP guarantee, but more importantly, a Tote Plus. That 10% extra on top of your winnings. And as Andrew Blair White will tell you, 10% on top of your winnings can make a big, big difference to your end of year returns. Right, two o'clock Sunday, the early stud stakes, group two for Phillies. Um, so we're kind of playing guessing as opposed to who's going to line up here. Um, there are some very interesting horses entered, including uh, Tuesday, who was only named this week. And uh, it is an Aiden O'Brien tactic to throw a horse that he holds in high regard into group company. She just happens to be a full sister to Minding and this year's Irish 1000 Guineas winner, Empress Josephine. Um, I believe uh, she actually might run on Friday. Is that right? Is that right, Twala? Twala's just sent me a link saying... Wait, she might go Friday. Oh, she might, you know. Where she'll encounter a Nearcos horse. <gasps> How will I decide? How will I decide? Uh, very easily, back to the um, Aiden O'Brien horse. We'll run more on board. So, yeah, so she's out probably then. So she's going to go for Friday's meeting, where she's currently a 7-4 to four favorite. Intriguing. Uh, so we can rule her out of the race. Well, that's one good thing that we can do. Um, but aside from that, who really took your interests and uh, Andrew will stick with you. Uh, I think what I'm going to try and do in this, because obviously very hard to know what the overall field is going to end up looking like. Um, I would assume Fuzzy Stack's going to only run one of his two uh, and whichever one he runs, I'll back. Um, Because I think both of them have actually the winning of this race. Both Hermana Estrella and Cheer Up Sleepy Jean. Cheer Up Sleepy Jean ran a great race at Ascot. Buying Quick Susie, arguably a bit unlucky as well on the stand side. Chris Hazy missed the break a little bit, had to play a waiting game on her. She charged home and, you know, was arguably, as I say, very unlucky not to be a lot closer. And then Hermana Estrella has formed, tied in with Quick Susie herself, having beaten her at Nace over six furlongs on debut in a Group 3 race. Hard to know about that form, uh, not in regards to Quick Susie, but obviously Contarelli Chapel was 2-7 to seven or something, and uh, Aidan O'Brien obviously came out and said she was in season. So... Um, very hard to to judge just how strong that form is, but I judge it as pretty strong, obviously, uh, with Quick Susie being as good as she's turned out to be. Uh, as I say, I would be very surprised if Fuzzy Stack runs the two of them against each other, uh, two of his best juveniles. So I would say he'll just pick the one, and whichever one he picks, I'll back. Okay, hard to argue with that, although I will. Um, <laughs> as, as for you, Naomi. So I... I... Sounding like a broken record here. I, I was on Hermana Estrella, if, if I say that correctly. Uh, yeah. She didn't get away that well on her debut. She just kind of looked gangly to me. Like she, she wasn't really there yet. However, she showed that she's pretty quick, uh, you know, going that six furlong distance. And that she clearly has the talent to best that entire field. And I know Andrew who is saying the quick Susie form ended up doing pretty well. <laughs> and to me, there's so much more to be found there with Hermana Estrella. So she really caught my eye. I was like a filly that didn't look like she was anywhere near 
being done growing or developing professionally, but just show that raw talent to me over that distance. On her debut, of course, got put in into a, gr- a group three. That means that they definitely thought very, very highly of her. She would have shown them plenty at home. Yeah, I, I, I was. She she was my my main interest in there. Did have a quick look at Prettiest. I thought she ran pretty decently uh, in the Albany. I think she's going to get better ground here. We were talking about how it might be, you know, good good to firm. Maybe that helps her a little bit. Just looked like she was spinning her her wheels a little bit in the ladder section there at Ascot. But I I think that you know, depending on of course what kind of price you're going to get. But I, I like her mana Estrella in this. Yeah, we're slightly playing in the blind here, and look, we're recording. Mm. This is the thing. We're recording Thursday night and the prices aren't up. Yeah. In the words of Joe Biden, <laughs> come on, man. Come, Wait, is that what he says? He doesn't say it like that. That's it. That's his thing now. <laughs> that is now his thing. Oof. Come on, man. Come on, man. Oof. Where am I? What? Who? <laughs> what year is this? Jesus Christ. You know, you're being led by someone who does not know what year it is. It's unbelievable. Um, if you see the president of the United States wandering, and, and look, I'm a liberal, but if you see the president of the United States walking into a cafe in Cornwall that he's not supposed to be in, and people start laughing, and an aide comes running to get him. He's like, oh, 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 Mr. President, oh, come this way, come this way. Jesus Christ. Uh, right, let's go for a pronunciation here, shall we? Oof. This is going to be a tough one. <clears throat> Mandela Rossinio. I'll go with that. Uh, the Caravaggio. Del Rosario. Yeah, no, thank that's you very much. Aiden's horse. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the Caravaggio out of the High Chaparral mare. Um, I'll go Madonna with that. Madonna Del Rosario. Madonna Del Rosario. Okay. You see, if you say it fast, <laughs> you can sometimes get away with it, but not, not on this occasion, obviously. Uh, if she rocks up, I'd be very interested in her. And um, Aiden O'Brien has taken this race six times in the last 10 years. So it is a race that he's interested in. Uh, this brings us to the feature race on Sunday. <laughs> um, right. I'm going to let you take the lead here, uh, Naomi, because it's a race for the ladies. Respectful thing to do. Uh, oh, but, okay. I have a, but I have a funny feeling that Andrew's going to come in hot. I think he's going to come in hot with some strong opinions on this. Cayenne Pepper is your favorite for Jessica Harrington. Um, now, that depends on where you're betting. 130, as big as 9 to 2. Santa Barbara, 3 to 1, 7 to 2. Thundering Knights, 7 to 2, 4 to 1. Uh, Pona Plays, 6 to 1, pretty gorgeous. 10s, Empress Josephine, the aforementioned Irish 1,000 guineas winner, is 12s. So what's your take, Naomi? Oh, so I, I'm going with uh, on top the number five thundering knights. Love that mean Mary form up at Belmont. Now, mean Mary trained by Gray Emotion, one of the most tenacious turf mares that we have right now in the United States. Like hands down, she is absolutely incredible. Nitty best that I think rushing fall champion uh, turf mare by like a nose in the grade one Diana, like an out and out class mare that is the best form barometer you can get. So Thundering Nights in that New York stakes, the grade grade two uh, mile and two furlongs at Belmont Park. Now, you know, Belmont Park is a very wide track, a lot bigger than the majority of turf courses in the US. So in a way, it resembles the, the the European tracks a little bit more, as far as you can say that for for a US track. Like I, you know, it's 
tough to compare that, but it's roomier in general in comparison to, you know, like when, when we're looking at Keeneland, the British, British Cup at Keeneland, that's Those tight. tight turns. tight. Yep. Yeah, it's very difficult for horses to really get their bearing. Now, Thundering Nights came with an absolute, you know, tenacious run down the stretch. Like really, really just, like just missed. I thought that was a, a wonderful performance. Before that, she just got nabbed as well by half length by a broom against the boys in the alleged stakes. So to me, Thundering Nights, like she's only a four-year-old she's really coming back into form. She had a break over the winter. We obviously see that very frequently, you know, had a couple of runs that perhaps she wasn't, you know, at her top top and then came back as a four-year-old and seems to be building performance upon a performance. So I like thundering nights in here as my top selection did have, you know, a slight side. I uh, was looking at, of course you have to look at, you know, an Aiden O'Brien runner in here. Right. I, I just had a, a bit of actually no wrong sorry yo joseph o'brien oh god oh dear sorry guys how dare you just looking at you know she was a little bit keen um at ascot last time i was having a look at that race and i thought you're talking about pretty gorgeous yes i'm talking about pretty gorgeous stable companion (laughs) yes coronation stakes uh fifth yeah fifth it was I looked because I was watching all those races and I thought to myself, okay, she looked, she just was a little bit keen, looked like she was about to do something and then kind of struggled to close on that heavy going. I'm wondering if she's just going to enjoy the change of ground here. Good to firm that is predicted. I don't think it was that bad of a run in the coronation stakes at all. And and yes, granted, she, she, she was the bet three, six, five group one winner hasn't returned to that juvenile two-year-old form yet, but I'm hoping that she might start gearing back up for, for something special here. But I, I'm going to go with her stablemate, though. I think Thunder and Nights was, you know, tenacious. Do wonder, you know, if if that travel has taken something out of her. But you know, if Joseph has learned anything from his dad, you think he'd be pretty all right traveling his horses. Well, dual Melbourne Cup winner. I think he knows what he's yeah, doing when see, it comes to go. traveling yeah. horses. I think days. so too. Yeah. I think so too. No, I love Thundering Nights. I know that in Europe, everyone tends to sniff a little bit at the American turf form sometimes, and I, you know, granted, I, yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I understand, but Mean Mary is a really f- good barometer for form because she turns up every single time. And and perhaps, you know, she's not the same class as some of those incredibly talented mares are in Europe, but still still she's a very tenacious sort. And if Thundering Nights is really in that upward trajectory that I think she is she can be very, very good in here. So yeah, okay. I guess I'm, I've got some interest in the uh, Joseph O'Brien runners in this spot. All right. I tend to agree with you. I'm very interested to see if Shale rocks up and what Shale we get because we haven't gotten the Shale from last year, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> Andrew Blair White, what do you make of this market? Well, Emmett, all the boys are out this weekend with some of these prices. Um, we had high definition earlier at, at seven to four. We had a Martin Mead horse at eight to one that should have been twenty eight to one, and now we've got Santa Barbara at at, at eleven to four favourite for this race. Now the only thing I can put together is that potentially 
Aiden O'Brien used the same drone that was catching. Was it Arizona, Arizona last year? No, 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 no. At least Arizona could end up winning a race. It was oh god. Um, give me a second. I'll uh, I'll get that for you. Keep keep going. Yeah, well, it seems to be the same faulty drone that they need to put away because we've been sold a bit of a pup here with Santa Barbara. I reckon. Uh, just we're taking eleven to four just on trust that she's as good as people th- want her to be uh, and yes she hasn't really proven that she ran a grand race in the guineas you'd have thought she could have come forward for that you know do you blame the ground in, in the oaks potentially in terms of how far she's ended up beating be, being beaten but she was still well beat um, and she's coming up now I know she gets a wait for age allowance in this but she's coming up against much better fillies I do usually love Jessica Harrington horses, but KM Pepper has been a bit of a bane of my existence in years gone by because I, whenever I back her, she just gets beaten by something. You know, whether it was in the Irish Oaks last year, whether it was in the, I think it was the the Give Thanks Stakes down in Cork when Tarnawa beat her. Now, obviously, that form turned out to be brilliant. Mm. And then the one day she absolutely bolted in was in the Blanford last year. I wasn't on whatsoever. So uh, she continues to defy me as a horse. I don't know at real good group one level whether she actually is going to win one of these races, but you could argue that this isn't a very good group one. So I think she deserves to be the price she is. The one that I think should be shorter than what she is, and I you can get six to one in a few places with her, is this opponent plays for uh, McCreary. And actually, it's my boy I right like, there. I, I actually quite like the two McCreary horses in this. I don't know whether he'll run the two, but I love in Insinuendo as well, mm. who brings in form with Thunder Kiss, who runs in the in in the mile and a half race that Naomi was talking about for on, on the Saturday card, and 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 Naomi gave Thunder Kiss a good go in that race, and I think rightly so. Uh, I think Insinuendo would have a chance if she rocked up in this at a big price, but opponent plays. I absolutely love Archie Watson's horse, Parents' Prayer, uh, who she beat very well at Nace at the start of the year. Parents' Prayer went on and uh, absolutely bolted up in a, in a Group 3 on, on Derby weekend at Epsom. She then won the Land Wades by four lengths, looking like a serious, seriously good horse. She's just about growing into herself now. That was by far a career best. Even though stepping up to 10 furlongs, that shouldn't be any hindrance. She won over nine and a half at Gorn last year in a listed race. I think she's got an awful lot going for her, to be honest. I think she's she's a, a mare on the improve. I think some of these have a bit to find. I think the three-year-olds who are getting the weight for age allowance have, have form to find. I would, I can see the angle behind Thundering Knights. I think she's solid. Uh, she's obviously got decent enough course form as well, beating Albina here last year and reappeared well behind Broom. So, you can certainly make a case for her. Santa Barbara, though, like it's uh, like, uh, I don't want to say the word myth again, but I just can't understand how she's 11 to four. Like, is, is she not a, you know, a five to one chance on what she's actually achieved this year? At the, If that. Um, so I think you're, you're taking a massive underprice there. And I think opponent plays at six to one. I know she's as short as a seven to two at Paddy Power. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think uh, yeah, I think six to one, I, I'd be getting on um, because I think that's a very, very generous price. Yeah. I, can I ask you guys about opponent's place, Landwade State, like her last race? Because I watched that and 
I thought she got the run of the race there. Visually, it didn't look fast at all. She dominated there by just slowing them right back down. She set it up for herself and then kicked clear. So yes, convincing full length win, but she kind of, you know, nobody challenged. Like what, what was going on there? Like to me, maybe like she, I, I understand all the arguments, but that's, I, I thought that kind of inflated her a little bit where it shouldn't have. I think that's a fair enough point uh, in regards to Lan Wade's. And also it, it was a messy enough race because Champers Elise obviously wants better ground than she got that day. Um, I just thought, you know, obviously looking through her last four runs, she's won three of them. And the parents' prayer form at Nace, I think, is is top of the bus, really. And she didn't get the run of the race that that day. Um, I thought she was very impressive. And I, I just think she's she's improving. And I don't think some of these are improving, to be honest. Uh, I think, I think I've just talked her in the winner's circle by this, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, no, I, I completely I completely understand your point, um, though, in, in regards to land weights. Perhaps that was a soft, like it's, it certainly was a soft four-length win. Um, but I think some of these are flat lining, and I think she's on the improve. Well, yeah. Valerie, Valerie Messalina, nobody wanted to touch with the barge bowl. And she should have been a much shorter price and she drifted right out and finished completely stone last. Uh, I completely agree about Champers Elisa. And I think our review of the race at the time was that she has got an easy time of it up front. But that being said, don't let that detract from how good she is and don't let it detract from uh, how much of an improver she is. And you look back at what she did uh, at Gorin when she raced back in September, um, the former parents' prayer back in March, um, you've then got a, a couple of months break. You come back on the 22nd of May and you win by four lengths. Like you're there to be shot at, you know, something has to come and get you and nothing could. And, um, she's my pick. And I'm, I also owe you an apology. You're correct. It was Arizona. For some reason, I thought it was a different horse. Armory was the other one that was in there, but Armory's still going, but you're right. The drone could not keep up with Arizona. That must be a defective drone. I mean, it's the same one they're using for Santa Barbara, I'm convinced. It must be. It's just, they just someone's got a defective drone down at Belly Doyle that doesn't work particularly well and has absolutely no pace or speed whatsoever. But hey, look, if Santa Barbara comes out and win this, wins this race by five lengths, I will happily hold my hands up with Kate Tracy and go, you got that one wrong. <laughs> uh, but she's been thumped 22 lengths by Snowfall. Now, they are giving her a chance. They're giving her a... This is it. This is her opportunity to go and do it. This is the chance that Santa Barbara has to display what she's capable of. If she blows this, good luck. Good luck, because it only gets tougher. It's not a great race, but when you when Naomi makes the case for Thundering Nights, uh, when we both make the case for opponent plays, I would actually do Thundering Nights and opponent plays in a box exacta. I, I would take on the front two. I don't really trust Cayenne Pepper, and uh, I fine if you want to use it as a condiment, but uh, I I certainly don't trust Santa Barbara. I really don't. She ran a fine race in the 1,000 guineas, but she bombed in the Oaks. Uh, Comer Group International, 4.10, mile six. Um, Luke Comer gives a lot to racing. He gives a lot. He pumps a lot of money into it, and he's got a a number of horses in here. God, this is a terrible race. Andrew. Uh, It's it's not one of the great ones, um, to be honest. 
the very hard to know what's going to run. Aiden's got heaps in there. The, there will probably all run and probably all be shaking hands coming home in fifth, sixth, and seventh out of eight or something. Uh, in Sunshark, towards uh, over a mile six. Uh, the only time he, or the only time this year he's gone over that trip and he actually unseasoned at the uh, just after the stalls. Uh, he was good. He ran a good race at Limerick the last day in the Martin Maloney coming second. And the one he's probably not up to this uh, level, if I'm being brutally honest. But the one that just has to go up in trip and and will start winning races up in trip is King of the Castle for Aidan O'Brien. Agreed. Uh, he. He is one of the slowest horses in Ballydoyle, I reckon, and one of the laziest horses as well. But he's got plenty of ability and his maiden form at Leopardstown with the Mediterranean doesn't look too bad and then ran a good race in the Ulster Derby a week and a half ago down Royal. And when being outpaced, he absolutely flew home. Over a mile six or two miles, he'll start winning races. So he's one to watch out for. And to be honest, if he was a massive price in this race, I'd have a tickle on him each way. And he might be. He may very well be um, beaten by Iowa uh, that day. Uh, what about you, uh, Naomi? All right, all right, how enthused are you for this? I, I, I have to agree. There weren't any world beaters in here. I, I landed on a four-year-old filly in here, I guess, keep the go power going, right? Seasonal debut for Passion, the number 13 for Aidan O'Brien. Oh, uh, she was third in that Phillies and Mares at Ascot Mile too. I mean, she's won over this trip before. I think she can go on the majority of grounds, except maybe that really heavy going that she really didn't, didn't like. But she can go well on the good ground. She's been able to kind of make her own trip, go to the front if she needs to, or kind of sit off it. Is she going to be fit enough, though? Probably a question, but I'm thinking Aiden will at least, you know, get her going on the gallops at home. But yeah, look, this this was a tough one for me. I was just looking through going, who do I really, really like? I mean, I had some interest in, in True Self. She ended up running in, in Riyadh two starts back and made her seasonal debut right here at the Kura and, and ran, you know, credibly, beaten only by, by a length so at least she's got a run on her belt but she you know she's a bit older as well I think she's yeah, eight year old now for Willie Mullins so th- this this was a tough one I guess you're looking at to me I start looking at the horses that are proven over this trip or have shown that they can be comfortable going uh, the distance but a fair few of these are kind of you know these as Andrew put it so politely like you know one one pace yeah one, one pace ponies she did pick up if we go on Sterling, 437,000 of the Queen's finest sovereigns out in Riyadh. So well done to True Self there. I, True Self would actually be my selection because I think Search for Song just needs, it's fair to say Search for Song needs it later in the in the year, Andrew. Yeah, I think so. It just seems to be a long-term plan to, to get her back for the for the ledger every year at this yeah. stage. So um she, she's ran some nice races before. Wouldn't surprise me if she ran a grand race, finished third or fourth. But um, no, I I don't know. But I think the fact that we're, we're squabbling over potentially King of the Castle and Passion for this group too is, is an indicator that it's not one of the Sunday best races. Passion, who loves to finish placed. Jesus. Anyway, uh, the final race we're going to talk about is the 305, the uh, Rockingham handicap. It's a premier handicap. And... Um, you get the honours, my man. Take it away. Yeah, well, I feel I've slightly lost my marbles looking at the Rockingham here because 
Uh, the horse I'm putting up has, has certainly his own ideas about the game, but I just can't get away from Kieran Cotter's record in these big field sprint handicaps. And Pulse of Shanghai, uh, off a mark of 92, might have a chance in this. He carries his head extremely high. Uh, he's not maybe the most trustworthy, but actually puts his head down when he needs to. Had a very prolific winter out in Dundalk. Uh, has come back. He reappeared at Leopardstown, ran a good race over seven furlongs, didn't quite get home. Dropped back to five. We'll suit him. I think Kieran Cotter won this race last year, but Strong Johnson has a good record in these you know, five, six furlong handicaps at the Curra. And this is his only runner, I believe. So uh, I think Pulse of Shanghai is around 12, 14 to one. I'll have a little dabble on him each way. Oh, we're adding him to the portfolio for the weekend. Oh, did I just say portfolio? Oh, dearie me. Uh, right, best bets for the weekend then. That's Pulse of Shanghai, who is currently number nine uh, for Kieran Cotter. 77 days off the track. And uh, let's go. Let's go, baby. Okay, best bets for the weekend. Naomi. Ooh, I think I'm going to have to go with my horse in, I think I'm going to go with my, my pick in the pretty Polly. I, I like Thundering Nights in there. All right. Uh, Andrew Blair White. Uh, Sinawan's my best bet of the weekend. Uh, but How dare you? Her, 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 <laughs> uh, if you want Sinawan Emmett, I'll, I'll very no, 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 take, go. Take, take some. I'll, to be I'll fair, very... we were all on Sinawan, the three of us. So I feel like maybe that should be a, a joint top pick for the podcast. Yeah, that can, yeah. that could Sinawan can be part of our lucky 15. All right. So. If, 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 if all three of us have put Sinawan up, then viewers should 100% be laying that horse. Oh. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Well, it's just like... It's, I disagree. Uh, egg, eggs are eggs. Like, uh, no, but also Hur- Hurricane Lane in the Irish Derby. I think he's a knocking good bet. Okay. Uh, and then I'll go with the Acropolis and Frankie DeTore at 14. No. <laughs> No. <laughs> I disagree with you so much. Uh, each way, fourteen to one. Frankie the Tory gets the job done. Happy fourteens, fourteens. If Frankie wasn't on him, he'd be forty fours. Probably, and I'd take that too. Be overpriced. Um, right, TV recommendations. What are you watching, Andrew? What am I watching? Yeah. Um, I haven't been actually watching. I've been watching a lot of cricket recently, which nobody will want to hear. Um, well, I was actually, I've been getting into Below Deck on Netflix. I know I'm a bit late, late to that. It's a reality show about these people that are on deck. It's quite good. Okay. Um, you say on deck. Like, What does that mean? Like, are we talking about military? Sorry, like like workers on like a, it's got like a high-end cruise ship sort of thing. It, oh. Very bad reality TV, but quite addictive. Okay. All right. Well, bad reality TV can be very addictive. Uh, Naomi. Oh, very good. Uh, what can you squeeze into your incredibly busy schedule? Oh, God. I watch all these random TV series on Netflix because I have this habit of stop and starting at any point because then I have to rush for work or I have to get my pick sheet in or whatever it is, I have to stop. So I I can't seem to sit down and just watch a movie. Although I am on the second, like like the second movie of Star Wars. I've never watched Star Wars before. My boyfriend's making me watch it. I'm kind of actually liking it. So it's obviously not a good new recommendation. In terms of TV series, I like Startup on Netflix. Ah, um, I think I think their first season was really really good. 
On my list. I'm not sure that yeah, it, it not sure it really develops as well, but that first season was incredibly good. It really captures your your attention incredibly well written also following lupin which is uh, what is it lupin i think lupin. yeah um yeah lupin the the french tv series about a master thief it just kind of i like easy to watch things that make me relax and not think about the real world and startup and lupin do that i think star wars is pretty cool but that doesn't seem like a valid recommendation for everyone that's already watched it i just have never gotten the chance to wait wait till you oh, get yeah. to um episode eight the last jedi jesus christ well i already dumped myself into it by googling something about the show and then i gave away something i like it get, google gave me something i did not want to know basically about luke skywalker's father that i did not know and it just oh ruined. you didn't know that yet i didn't know one of the most popular cultural references <sighs> of all time i didn't i didn't know luke. so I don't know, father. Yeah, well, um, I, I, obviously I've been living under a rock. I ignored everything that had to do with Star Wars because I just decided to be like a headstrong filly that wanted nothing to do with anything. So, <laughs> and then I found that on Google and I was really disappointed that I found that. I didn't want to know that until I got... To spoilers. Movie, spoilers for a yeah. film that's 40 years old, Star Wars. Yeah, Star well, Wars. Oh, yeah, exactly. Just, um, <laughs> I'm very when, upset. When it comes to the, to the new ones... Uh, I would say The Force Awakens is very good. Um, Rogue One's really good. Rogue One, a Star Wars story, is that's that's arguably the best. And then it just all falls to shit because uh, essentially what happened is Rian Johnson, who's a great filmmaker, he directed Knives Out. Knives Out Two is going straight to Netflix and has a massive budget. Daniel Craig's coming back. If you haven't seen that, watch it. Chris Evans, Daniel Craig, Anna Armas. Highly recommend that. It's a whodunit. But it's like a really, really well done whodunit. Um, it's also got Daniel Craig speaking in a in a drawl southern accent, and it's fantastic. It's so well done. Um, but Rian Johnson went in and said, yeah, 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 all these rules that you've written about the characters, I don't want to follow any of these. And Kathleen Kennedy, who's the head of Lucasfilm and J.J. Abrams, just went, yeah, okay. And they just blew up the entire plan that they had for the film. So oh, wow. in in the um, eighth film, in the eighth installment, you end up with this very confused storyline, which then yeah. meant J.J. Abrams had to come back for um, oh, whatever the hell it's called, Star Wars, Skywalker, something or other. At this point, I was kind of like, Jesus, I'm just going to have to watch this. And it's just, it's so much of trying to undo what had been done. Just tell him, no. You're playing within the Star Wars universe. These are the rules. These are the characters. You can't just make shit up as you go along, <laughs> you dick. You're, being, you're, allowed, you're, like, you're being allowed to direct a Star Wars film. Like, take the win. Uh, but no, no, he had to go and do it his own way. And it balls the whole thing up. Um, if you haven't watched Murder at the Cottage yes, yet, it is a true story that is available on uh, Sky Atlantic. I have a couple of very very small voice roles in it it's by six-time oscar nominated filmmaker jim sheridan along with um a top producer neve riley who's a very good friend of mine so if you haven't seen it yet uh, all five episodes are available it's about the murder of sophie tuscan de pontier andrew will know what i'm talking about one of the most horrific crimes in irish history and it remains unsolved 
So in episode one, you get pointed in the direction of who the Garthi start to hone in on. But were they right? Watch and find out. And uh, if you're looking for something to distract yourself, SEAL Team. Watch a bit of SEAL Team. Watch a bit of... Um, do you remember Angel? I asked this question to Kate Tracy the other day, and she was like, who? Naomi, do you remember uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the guy who played Angel? No. Oh, my God. Who's do you remember, that? Do you remember Bones? Uh, no. I, I, I grew up in a different country, remember? like I, I Bones, I'm not, the FBI never, agent. She worked at the Smithsonian. No. He's an FBI agent. Remember that? No, no, oh no. I mean, no, no, no. This is reminding me of when I sit and do podcasts in the US and people ask me questions about things like Modern Family, which is like a very common TV series out here. Yeah, and I have yeah. to go, you have to explain to me what you're, why you're making this reference and what does it mean? Because I don't know. David. <laughs> I feel very silly. But on the flip side, I don't throw Dutch references at anyone anyway, because I know people don't. No, Except for Virgil so van Dijk, the greatest centre-back in the world ever. Um, <laughs> in which case, we, we can all agree on that one. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm just going to hide behind my excuse of uh, cultural differences. And thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll let you get away with that. Uh, David Boranes, David Boranes, something like that. Anyway, he's, uh, he's a badass and he plays the leader of um, a SEAL team. And uh, they got to go in two very dangerous situations and uh, it's quite compelling and network television has really upped its game Law and Order by the way Law and Order SVU damn that's improved a hell of a lot and, uh, and it's very compelling viewing as well and the new season of Bosch comes to Amazon next week and it's the last season so season 7 Bosch if you haven't ever watched Bosch before the adventures of Detector, Detective Harry Bosch uh, with the LAPD I highly recommend it. Um, six seasons available now. Season seven, the last ever season of Bosch. Titus Welliver in the lead role. Uh, one of the guys from um, The Wire. Uh, my name is my name! Uh, is his partner. And uh, I highly recommend that you watch that. And particularly the last season as well. And of course, Fast 9 is in cinemas at the weekend. And I'm off to see it tomorrow in a galactic screen. Uh, from Naomi Tucker. This was tough. This is a very competitive weekend at the Cura. And as much as uh, I've, you know, ridden out on some of the gallops next to the Cura, it's, you know, it's still tough trying to pick those winners, even though I've walked the track myself. It's it's hard, but nonetheless, really looking forward to it. I'm confident. I think the Acropolis is going to bolt up. Um, uh, I think we'll be in the green straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. uh, where can we hear your podcast? talk racing to me which is just brilliantly named <laughs> it's a uh, it's on any podcast profile so spotify apple Podcasts, google play you can find it on in the money dot i mean money podcast.com as well always post the page on there and then on twitter i tend to always post a link as well and, and twitter is at naomi tucker which is just very simple my first and last thing naomi tucker t-u-k-k-e-r not the American spelling with a C. Mm-hmm. Dutch yeah, right. spelling. Right. I'll, I will tag you in the tweet for this. Um, Andrew, where can we hear you commentate on cricket? Uh, the Cricket Ireland live, uh, Cricket Ireland YouTube channel uh, for the entire weekend um, and going forward for weeks to come. But also on Twitter, you'll have me posting videos of myself dancing if ever Paul Nolan back or trains a winner. So. Um, <laughs> Or, or, or shouting at, at, at a church outside my house. So, uh, all good fun. 
Happy days, my man. Uh, looking forward to having you back on the show soon. Naomi, pleasure as always. Andrew, pleasure as always, my friend. Uh, I think we have found some winners and uh, hopefully some value as well. Stay safe. We'll review it all with Kate on Monday. Until then, enjoy your weekend's racing. Enjoy the Irish Derby at the Curra. How many people can go again, Andrew? Is it 100? Or 1,000, sorry? 1,000. 1,000. Great. Oh, 100 doesn't sound too yeah, much. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, no, it's no, no, pretty bloody pathetic. Uh, even 1,000 like, isn't great. But hey, we're getting there, slowly but surely. Think positively, but not that positive. Uh, stay safe, good luck, and we'll talk to you soon. God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by Toast. Think you can't get better value? Think again. 10% bigger dividends when you bet direct with Toast Plus at toast.co.uk.